con mi amiga. Si vos gusta este podcast, por favor, muestre apoyo, oír y compartiendo. Ayúdanos mucho. Obrigada. so much oh my god i haven't been i haven't done an episode in a hot minute and so i'm happy to be back i'm back and i'm better with another episode so yeah i'm so excited you guys and um i have an amazing person i have an amazing guest here with us today and um she's going to introduce herself basically so you're going to tell us your name where you're based or where you live what you do okay let's start with that first Hi guys, my name is Mimi Osman Suleiman. I am 21 years old and I live in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. I am a chef, basically my profession, and I'm very honored to be on this podcast with my friend. Hey, I'm so excited to have you. Okay, so next <laughs> question, you need to tell me two cool things about yourself. Two things about myself? two cool things like the things that you like yeah these are the coolest things about me yeah let's say i'm a chef that's my superpower (laughs) definitely also maybe probably that i'm a easygoing person yes oh my god you guys is so chill it's it's like it's weird how chill she is in every situation but the thing (laughs) is I have two cool things about Mimi myself. I actually have two cool things. My first cool thing about her is she's quadrilingual. Let's start from there. Mimi speaks English, (laughs) Arabic, Hausa, and Portuguese. Um, Then she's a soccer diehard. And I don't know, she doesn't share it a lot, but she's actually, like, obsessed with soccer. Like, she's, like, I think she has one of, like, the biggest soccer fan pages ever. And, like... And like it's actually wild. So yeah, that's a super cool thing about Mimi. Um, but yeah, so without further okay, oh yeah, by the way, I think by now you understand that there's some form of familiarity between me and the guest of today. So Mimi was actually my best friend in high school, and like we were literally inseparable for like the longest <laughs> time. Like, no, you could not, and then we lived very close to each other, so you can imagine, and so segue like moving into the topic of the day um the topic of today is girl child marriage or early child marriage it goes with both genders like it doesn't it's not limited to any of the sexes or genders but it's predominantly like an issue of women and girls actually and so the first time i actually ever heard of anything related to early child marriage was actually from Mimi which is why I was like you know what this is the person I need to have on the pod because I remember that time we were in high school and she was telling me about a family friend or so that was getting married and like I think oh no I think she had even gotten married and she was pregnant and sis was 15 and it was so normal like when Mimi told me it seemed like such a normal thing she was like okay so yeah she's getting married she's this and that and I I cannot forget that for the longest I couldn't wrap my head around it I was like what do you mean she's 15? Like, is she not in school? And apparently did leave school. She dropped out of high school and did... 
you know, she did the thing and <laughs> she did the doing things. <laughs> and I, I was in awe about it. And then I said, you know what, that's what I'm going to talk about today. So, yeah. First, we have to chop up what exactly is child marriage or early marriage. And early marriage or is defined as the marriage or union between two people in which one or both parties are younger than 18 years of age. And this usually happens because parents often feel that a young girl is an economic burden, you know, and therefore they want to marry her off. Like they want to marry off their younger daughters before they become an economic liability. Like, okay, once we marry you off, your your yeah. husband's problem now. And it's like, you know, I want to say that why would you even see your child as a liability to begin with? Because you 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 knew when you were doing the doing things when you were trying to have a child or when you had the child, you knew what you were, you were not unconscious. Do you understand? So for you to now be seeing your child as a liability, but then I have to understand and be like, okay, first things first, even if they have the child, like economic means and everything is a lot. And so they might not have foreseen the implication, like the economic implications of having the child or whatnot. Do you understand? Which is why family planning is essential. Just putting it out there. But yeah, um, so some parents actually still see it as like just a cultural right that protects their daughters from sexual assault and offers the care, like offers the care of a male guardian. So this predominantly, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, occurs in middle or low income countries, especially in poorer rural areas. And um, marriage before the age of 18 is a fundamental violation of human rights. Let's start from there because there was actually a treaty signed like amongst like a bunch of nations. And it was actually like, I think UNICEF was the one that coordinated that. And the treaty was signed to not have like child, like marriages under the age of 18 be allowed. So it's actually like a fundamental human rights, like violation. And I don't think enough people know that. But then again, even if people do know that, like, how many people actually care about human rights these days? Like, I mean, different people's okay. human rights are being violated every single day. And so, yeah, that's one thing. But, okay, so many factors actually interact to place a child at risk of marriage, including poverty, the perception that marriage will provide protection, family honor, social norms, customary or religious laws that condone the practice, an inadequate legislative framework, which is the issue, because I feel like the laws are there but the implementation of the law is another problem, you know, and the state of the country's civil registration system. But while the practice is more common among girls than boys, it is a violation of rights, like regardless of sex. So in my opinion, no. Okay, well, f- first, Mimi, what do you think about this? What's your opinion on this? About the early marriage thing? Yeah. Personally, I can't say that I don't support it because you don't know what people are going through or it could be a personal decision from the parents uh, but in age, I don't think it's the most practical thing to do because mm-hmm. you have to consider other factors. It's not just about getting her married. You have to consider her age. Obviously, she's getting married. You know what's going to happen in the marriage. Yeah. Is her brain developed enough to process a lot of issues that marriage comes with? Mm-hmm. The emotional part, the physical, financial part, you know, all those issues. Mm-hmm. It's not only about love and staying in the man's house her in-laws giving birth motherhood being a wife having to be accountable every single day you know all these things yeah it's not easy even even for people that are fully developed like that are 
old enough to get married, they still face issues a lot. So you can Mm -hmm. imagine giving your little baby away. Yeah, actually. It works out sometimes, but the best. It's not all the time. And like, how do you really measure if the people in these marriages that we say work out are actually happy and satisfied with their decisions at the the end of the day? That's the thing. You never know because it's considered as a taboo to bring your marital issues out. So it's a bit yeah. you die in their situation. <laughs> they tell you yeah. even if you're going through the most, just keep quiet and have patience. He's a man. Yeah, just don't, don't tell people about what's going on. It's a it's a hush, yeah, hush and hush then they give examples. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they give examples like, look at me, if I didn't endure, do you think I'll be where I am today? Do you think you <laughs> would have been born? So that's what you have to do. Sorry, Auntie, I don't want to be where you are today. I'm I'm sorry to say, well, like, exactly, see... exactly. That is what even starts mental issues. Mental, and you see, the girl is not even. She's not in the right mental state. Framework and state of mind. Yeah, she's stressed out. I feel you. Okay, so the statistics on it. So we're doing this research based on like Nigeria because okay. I'm Nigeria based, and it's funny how. Okay, so let me just say let me just say the statistics. The prevalence of child marriage in West and Central Africa is forty one percent, meaning that four out of ten girls and young women, that is nearly sixty million, were married before the age of eighteen. Do you like? Can you wrap your head around that number? Sixty million. And okay, so that is people, um, right? Yeah, sixty million girls actually just girls have been married before they were 18 and then the usual age for that is it's usually around the age of 15 13 14 15 according to statistics that like okay that is the age where they usually sell them off because you think okay maybe 17 no not 17 18 like 15 14 13 yeah so that is that is that and then um um in Nigeria. Mimi, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear It went off for a bit. Okay, we're going to continue in three, two, one. In Nigeria, yeah. to be specific, um, we are the most popular country in the region. So Nigeria has the highest number of child brides. I feel like everything's problematic. Nigeria has the most of it and it's even a problem. <laughs> like we like what what can we even do one thing well? You know? And so an estimate of twenty-two million child brides live in Nigeria, which accounts for forty percent of all child brides in the entire of like Central and West Africa. And that's so heavy. Like, do you know that that's a like whoa. It's crazy. That's a lot to process. Like, 22 million girls are being, like, are going through like, oh, girl. (laughs) Okay, so, um, a lot of people are like, okay, you know, it's just child marriage. What's the worst that could come from it? It's not that deep, you know. People went through it when they were, like, you know, generations before us, they went through it and they didn't die. Mm -hmm. Like, you can take it. So let me tell you, let me tell you guys now the consequences and the disadvantages of early child marriage. And let's start from um, 
spousal age difference. So usually when um you get married at 15, the person you're marrying isn't 15. This man is, let's say, earlier he's in his 20s, and that's like at best. Like they're usually in their 30s or 40s, and he'll probably yeah. be a third wife or something or second wife. But let's not even go there. Let's say, okay, he's in his 20s at best. There's a huge age difference, and that that can make women very vulnerable to health risks and also to social isolation because there's a different power dynamic because when you're closer in age to someone at least you know that you have a mind of your own you're less susceptible to manipulation and like all these other things but when you're like seriously younger there's like a huge age gap then there's a huge there's a weird power dynamic there's a huge power distance and so these power dynamics can increase the vulnerability of girls to emotional and sexual abuse in addition young married girls are more likely to be illiterate and of low social status because you know you're married your man get you pregnant you're not going to go back to school you're not thinking about going back to school yeah and you're not educated so you're not getting a job done sometimes they don't even let them like have businesses so they might just be housewives you know so that cuts that off for them then they tend to have no access to financial resources and are restricted like they have restricted mobility because where are you going to if you're not like a fortune and that is you're actually fortunate if you're married to like a well-to-do man you're not going to the market yourself you're not doing all these things yourself so your whole life and experience from teenhood to whenever is in your husband's house you feel me um they also um they're less likely to because they don't leave the house they have limited like they don't socialize with people a lot they're less likely to have more friends and then they limit their ability to obtain information on reproductive health um reproductive health contraceptives hiv and other sexually transmitted infections and i think oh well now with the um with the giving of technology that we have, that's kind of stopped because, you know, you can be in your home and still be very exposed. But earlier, there wasn't, we didn't necessarily have that. So if she didn't know from her mom's house that, okay, you can have an STI, this is what you do, this is what to not do, then she's just going to be there suffering on her own. Maybe her maids will tell her that, oh, sis, like, this is going to happen or this is what, yeah. what goes on do that. If not, yeah. You're going to be stuck on your own. And so um, this power differential can also limit girls' ability to negotiate contraceptive or condom use. Because, okay, if you're a grown woman, you can tell your man that, okay, no, you have to use a condom. You have to put me on a pill or something if I don't want to get pregnant. We have to do some sort of family planning. But as a child, you don't really know about these things. You can't even fight, like, negotiate with your man. Like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Do you understand? It's what he says goes. You feel me? So, um... That's it. And which now puts them at a higher risk of getting STIs and HIV. Then also, another point is that early childbearing, when you start giving birth early, it poses a serious health risk for mother and child. Because, I mean, giving birth, when you're pregnant, when you're giving birth, it is a fight for the life of both the mother and the child. And the, like, risks of death and complications increases, like, when the woman is, when the girl is young, when she's still young, because I mean, her body hasn't even fully developed, and then you're telling her to bring another human being into the world. Come on, that's not even, it's not even proper. 
So yeah, marriage often signals the beginning of frequent and unprotected sexual activity. And then many girls under the age of 18, and particularly girls under the age of 15, as I said earlier, are not physically mature, and therefore they are unprepared for sexual intercourse or childbirth. So sexual intercourse at a young age is associated with physical pain and pregnancy-related complications such as obstetric fistula, yeah? And then... Mm -hmm. um, Pregnancy-related health problems can have emotional and social consequences and pose a financial burden to the household. So, yeah, these are the issues. These are, like, the adverse consequences that actually come with childbirth, like, early childbirth. Because, obviously, the person, in most of these situations, when they get, um, get these young girls married, when they get these young girls married, they don't say that, okay, we're going to wait till she's now finally 18 before she starts giving birth. It's like, no, on the spot, we're mass-producing, pushing these babies out. Like, the buns are going out of the oven. So, like, what do you think about that, though? Like, what do you think about the fact that they have to start giving birth, like, almost immediately and, like, the effect that has on their bodies? It's not a matter of they choose to start giving birth, even if they say they want to delay the birth. So whatever. I mean, once you're married, you really pray. Especially if they don't like. I'd say most of the early marriage thing happens in the north, and yeah. they are barely educated on uh, birth control or family planning, or they don't like to do it because they believe God god's time is the best or they can't stop god's gift or something like that mm-hmm. and so once the girl gets pregnant the next month you hear she's pregnant pretty much mm. and she gives birth in less than a year of marriage wow that's that's yeah, a lot so can't i can't even it. lie because i'm grown and i feel like if if i get married like i still like Let's relax. Let's breathe. Like, breathe, breathe, breathe. It's not that deep. Like, what, why are you rushing? Like, calm down. Exactly. <laughs> For example, uh, I am I am 21, but I have people younger than me that are on their second. Two babies, so. Bro. They're not my friends, though, but I know them. Yeah. They're on their second child. Some are even pregnant. Hey. <laughs> they, they Birth. You know, people like that from the north, they give birth six, seven kids. Mm-hmm. A lot. That's another thing. They never actually, I've noticed that the younger they get, like the younger like you get married, the more kids you're going to probably have. And then that's that's a lot. That's a whole lot. When the money just been nice. <laughs> what do you want them to do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they can't girl. say no or anything. And they can't control the yeah, like pregnancy exactly yeah, the reproduction i feel you okay so abort. now we have to talk solutions then like okay how do we stop this because me i actually feel this is a problem in my opinion no let me just say personally i feel like it's slavery i feel like it's modern day slavery because as much as you say that <laughs> it's your own child it's even worse the fact that you're willing to because you're basically selling your child out because you receive some dowry of some sort and like yeah. it's saving you from some like economic responsibility so yeah 
But for me, that is, is slavery. You are selling, like, call it a, like, let's call it a space. <laughs> Talk to me direct. Stop cutting corners. You are deadly <laughs> your child. And and when you say, and some the reason that some of them gave that, oh, it is, um, what did they say? That, oh, it's because they, they don't want the child to go through, like, sexual assault or harassment. So she should have some male protector. So basically, you're saying that, okay, let's say that she will not have too many, like, sexual, like, let's not put, let Get, let her not hoe out. Let her not sleep with multiple men or be at risk of sexual assault. Let's just give her to one person to sexually assault her. Because let's not even lie. You're underage. Any sex you're having underage with a man that is not underage with you is statutory rape. And the thing is, because they say under marriage, there's no rape. But then the thing is, it can't be a valid marriage. It is not a proper marriage because she is not legal. Like she cannot give you consent because the matter of consent, I feel most people don't understand, is that consent can only be given by an illegal person, a person of a stable mind. That is like the person is not insane. So she has to be sane and over the age of eighteen. So if she's not over the age of eighteen, she cannot legally be married to you. Whatever you people are doing, that sham that you call a marriage is not a marriage because under law it cannot be recognized. You know, I think even in the US there are like one or two states that actually recognize it, but like it's a problem. It's wrong, and there are people actually fighting to get it fixed. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And so for me, it's modern day slavery and it's just wrong. It's a whole issue and a half. So I feel like moving on, this problem is there. And Nigeria, as usual, overall best, carrying first in everything problematic. Any um, black in Nigeria. They are okay. there. We're at okay. the top. So um, now I think we should talk solutions. So do you have any idea of like things that you feel like would be viable solutions to the epidemic that is early child marriage in Africa? If you ask me, uh, if we provide solutions, it's left for the parents to and the kids to either agree or not. The mm. kind of country we live in, it's not where you provide solutions and it works immediately. Yeah. It takes years and it takes a lot of education because a lot mm. of people genuinely believe that's the best thing for their, for their female children. So they yeah. raise those children, making them or brainwashing them into believing that the earlier you get married, the better. So the yeah. child, the female child herself also grows with the mindset that she's going to get married by a certain age. Yeah. And she's even working forward to that. Yeah, she gets a man. Matter of fact, it's it's even them that brings the man. And they tell you we're ready for marriage. Are you serious? Like the example I gave you, it's the woman, the girl, that said she wanted to get married, and her parents were cool with it because they were also looking for someone to handle her for them. Yeah, I feel you. That's like your friend, yeah, the f- yeah that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. Oh, okay that's that's interesting i think for that particular point that you raised i think a solution to that will be um implementing community-based awareness programs like grass grassroots sensitization so basically saying that we advocate for changes in social attitudes and norms and then we're doing that through like multi-sectoral and integrated community-based programs so we go to the north mm-hmm. we pick let's say Kano for instance and like the different villages and subsectors and local governments in Kano, we go there and try and just do some like campaigns and advocate, like advocates, like just give awareness and so educate these people that okay, this is 
this is why you shouldn't do this. You need to reorientate your mindset and say that, okay, you know what? This is a norm. And I know this is how you've grown up, but it's actually not supposed to be this way because they are doing it because they actually, some of them, a lot of them actually don't know any better. So let's tell you. So we're now telling you that, okay, oh, you can actually do it another way. It doesn't have to be this way, you know? And so that is what we can do. And we can use um, institutes like religious institutions and associations, health institutions and other like local civic organizations and schools. Those are the best channels for raising awareness of the negative consequences of early marriage and the many economic, social and health benefits of delaying marriage. Because if you go to your imam or your pastor and he also tells you, because these are people that you listen to in your community. So if they, those people are telling you that, okay, yeah, this is wrong. You know that this is wrong. If you, you start to understand and believe and accept that, okay, maybe this isn't the best thing to do. If you go to your t- teachers in school and they also tell you that, okay, yeah, this isn't the best thing. And you know, the doctors and just associations and people around are telling you that, okay, this is not the best thing. Like you kind of have the consciousness, that, okay, you know what, this is actually the best thing and there should be alternatives to this, you know? So yeah, I think that's the solution to that. Just said, I think another solution would be, um, you said that for, for some of this, these parents, um it's because of the money like when these this child is married she's not necessarily like a, an economic liability to them anymore yeah is that what you said mm-hmm. okay so yeah i think another solution to that would be providing economic incentives for delayed marriage there will be some structure to it but in certain and set, certain settings and cultures addressing the economic factors associated with early marriage such as dowry practices is essential to developing a successful program so if we want to if we want to stop this issue we have to understand that there are economic benefits to child marriage so how about the um, benefits that they'd be getting if they you know slave out and sell out their child in my opinion or if their child gets married let's put it modestly the benefits that they, the economic benefits that they get from that if the government can provide those benefits to them that okay if you have a child and she doesn't get married, you'd be receiving some certain compensation. Or if she marries at a certain age, you receive, like, that is an age over 18, you receive a certain compensation. Like, you receive her diary, but you also receive a compensation for keeping her for that long. So that's an incentive to, you know, you understand? So I feel like that's something that can be done that i could think of is um creating safe spaces for these girls like um one of the problems you stated is that these girls are um very ostracized they have social isolation because they rarely ever leave their homes and they don't know anyone going through this with them but to give them better advice and as you said at the beginning the topic of marriage seems to be such um a taboo topic and you're not supposed to share about it but if we have safe spaces and social networks even if it's just social platforms and group chats where they can talk and share and know that okay there there are people that are going through the same thing you're going through it doesn't it's not so strange these are ways and then inform them about the things that they wouldn't know like the utis and you know reproductive care and all these things you know so there are people that share these um um issues with them and then it's just no one is coming to see you, going to report you to your husband if you speak your mind, you know. And so social networks and civil society organizations play a critical role in developing sustainable safe spaces for girls to meet, to share information and ideas, and obtain support and guidance. So using public facilities such as schools, after hours, or places of worship during non-worship hours can offer, like, catch-up education. And that's another thing, you know, since you can't go to 
schools like everyone else because you probably have a home to take care of you can have like night classes you know or just offer like sorry offer um entrepreneurial development studies just let them learn skills that they can monetize financial literacy instructions saving clubs like okay this is how to put money aside for a rainy day things like that and health services either directly or on referral like they can have like nurses that help like with their safe spaces that are work in the safe spaces to kind of treat them or they have like hospitals that they work with or they can refer them to you know so that's another thing create the safe spaces for the girls so that even if we can't like stop like completely eradicate like girl child marriage we can curb and like manage the negative consequences that come from it you understand so that is um and then also to support education beyond primary school because my major takeaway in the story that you know told me that time was that she dropped out of school and so if we can promote like support girls to like you know, fi- at least just finish high school. If that's what you're going to do, at least finish at high school because investments must be made to... So that's the thing. We have to invest to support girl-child education. A lot of girls, like, don't feel this necessary. Taught that, you know, it's not necessary. Education is not necessary. But it's actually... Because statistics show that a girl-child and an educated girl-child is more susceptible to marriage, early child marriage, than an educated child. She'd be more willing... So um, development programs need to be creative in implementing programs that support a girl through the critical dropout period, along with secondary and vocational opportunities acceptable to the girl's families. Because it's not like we're trying to ostracize the children from their families. Their their families should very much be carried along, you know. So any vocation or thing Mm -hmm. that your parents are comfortable with you doing will train you in that area, you know. And that's about that. Um, Also, I think... Providing safe and non-exploitative means. I think that's the final point for me. Providing safe and non-exploitative means of livelihood outside the home. That is professional trainings that build the capacity of young girls and women to generate income can enable them to postpone marriage. This is because most of these families are sending because they are a financial burden. But if these girls can make money for themselves, they become less burdensome to these families, you understand? And they can even be supportive to, like, their families to also... Like, they can be helping the families because they have some form of, like, economic freedom. So they, they're not liabilities to their families and they're actually helping. So why would you why would you even want to marry away the person that is supporting your family, do you understand, and is giving you guys financial help? You feel me? Pretty much. Yeah, so when education, and so if education is not a feasible option based on like it's actually, so in some places it's actually costly to educate the child, then income generation programs can empower women and girls with the skills and tools to reduce their dependence on members and gain some autonomy. So I think those are the solutions. What do you think about these solutions, Mimi? I think they actually make a lot of sense. I mean, but as you said, we're speaking about Nigeria, a very lawless country. I will, I 100% hope that these points you have stated can be effective. Yeah. But if you think about it, talking to these families about these issues is like speaking to a brick wall. They have already made up their minds. And some families have, you know, I have this friend. Yeah. She's from a family, they live in Lagos, and in their family, they believe in getting married early. So they've been doing it since 
their great grandparents yeah each of them once they reach i think 16 or 17 or so straight away from marriage and they always yeah. have husbands ready so the grandparents have to parents even up till today because they it's a big house and there are a lot of family members it's mm-hmm. a kind of family house where it's Mimi, can you hear me? Mimi, can you hear me? Mimi? Yeah, okay, it's back now. Okay, um, you were saying it's the type of family house that... It's, a, it's an extended family and they all believe in this early marriage. All the females get married at 17, maximum, maximum 18 if they've stayed too long. Imagine going out why they should stop early marriage because for them yeah. it works for them perfectly they get the females married off because they're always giving birth so kids are always growing and marriage every six months or so <laughs> yeah imagine oh, going to a family like this God. and trying to propose your ideal it's just that. not gonna work you know what i'm saying they're gonna look yeah. at you like so i think girl, the solution yeah, the solution of if we can't completely eradicate it, the way to manage the negative consequences, like the safe spaces for the girls, and that that comes into play then. Well, I'd say the girls should also learn to have a voice of their own, because in most cases, if you look at the thing deeply, some actually don't want to get married. Mm. If you ask them, do they want to get married? They'll tell you no. They actually want to live their lives especially girls of nowadays yeah i mean who's trying to get married at 17 nobody you're trying to live your hot girl life i mean exactly not even only hot girl life you want to experience other things because when once you get married especially in nigeria especially being house sites like you're locked down Mm -hmm. you can't really do a lot of things and you get pregnant right away so your teenage life is basically over at a young age yeah so if these kids have a voice of their own they can tell their parents i don't want to do it yeah well then the issue again comes from parents that are thing yeah yeah because i also look i have plenty examples i could just keep giving you examples (laughs) over and over because there's i have another example of this girl that she did this to her dad he told her to get married uh they sat down and spoke about it she came to him a few days later and told him she's not ready blah 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 she doesn't think she's she wants to get married and he told her okay then you'll have to support yourself i'm sorry whoa yeah he told her that then okay if she doesn't want to get married he has other things to do okay because that's a lot of pressure so exactly. that's why like, so what you, you and she got married like, in the end as we're speaking right now she's married serious? yeah she she has two kids now Ooh. so you can imagine uh-huh issues like this you just can't tackle it yeah i understand that I understand you have to that. consider these people as well yeah every everybody's situation is peculiar to them and their family so it's not a general like one there's not no clear-cut solution for it all 
and mm-hmm. everything. I understand what you're saying. I completely Although, understand you. I'm so, glad to see um, that the number is reducing. Yeah, yeah, it's been progressing over time. The number of child marriages has been reducing, but in um, yes. North Africa, um, the numbers are less progressive. Like it is, it's reducing, but at a very, very slow rate. And at the rate that it is going, even though it's reducing, as at 2050, it will still be double of what it is now, and that's still exactly. it's reducing. You understand? So, yeah. so that's a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's it. I think we've actually chopped up this topic quite nicely you know i think we've talked about consequences solutions what it is and i think anyone listening has a proper understanding of the what girl child early child marriage is and the dangers of it so you know we educate people one one person at a time at least if the people that hear this can speak to more people and start it starts a conversation about it then maybe maybe that will help in this little way so yeah, um, I'm introducing a new section to the pod, by the way. I haven't done an episode in a long time, so I, just, I said I'm going to introduce a new section, which means, which is Naya's Notes to Go, which is basically um, my tip for um, the episode. Every episode I do, I'm going to just leave something that has stuck with me, and I feel like I should advise everyone listening. And um, my guest for the day would also be giving me their own tip to go. So I'm going to say my tip, and while I'm doing that, think of yours so um my tip to go is living from the inside out and so many people want to have money not to increase their standard of living and it's something this is a conversation i've had again and again and i just say you know what i need to put it out there so lots of people are very concerned about um having money not to increase their standard of living but actually to flex on every other person so that's why some people would buy a mercedes and yet be eating like indomie three times a day that's why some people can't afford to actually take themselves or take care of themselves properly like for example go to the spa get a massage you know or even just eat good food but they have to have like the latest phone yeah because they would rather like sacrifice the luxury of just living a good life for having a flex and which is you're basically leaving you're living your life for someone else so people are more focused these days on looking rich instead of actually being rich and i feel like that's a lot of unnecessary pressure and like take care of yourself you deserve it you're living your life for yourself not everyone else and not for instagram or any other social media for that matter and so this message is really directed to you don't get sucked up in that hole yeah it's really not worth it it's really no pressure enjoy your life and you enjoying your life doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on a yacht or you have to be um on a private plane and making your snaps do do things that make you happy you know and if being on the yacht is what actually makes you happy then do that but don't feel the pressure to be doing that just because else on your social media everyone else around you is doing that is the point so yeah that's my tip to go take every day a step back to time and as always take care of your mental health um mimi what is your tip to go for the episode today I'd say the same thing. Honestly, happiness comes from within and you really do not have to impress anyone. Yeah. You could just live your life. You know, mm-hmm. every day you should have positive affirmations you set for yourself. Read your goals every day. Yeah. Write it out. Plan your life. I mean, just don't live life without a mission, without like a headless chicken. <laughs> Eat healthy. 
drink your water, work out, mind your business mind- for Clarison. <laughs> like Timo Savage said. Mm, you have clear skin when you mind your business. Exactly. Be positive. I know in the world we live in, it's hard to stay positive. Yeah, it is. If you the can do it. Well, with a lot of issues going on. Yeah. You know, brush your teeth. <laughs> okay. Well, I and think that's that. it for today then. Um, Fatima is going... You know, I need to stop. I need to stop that. I need to stop that. <laughs> You're already used to it. My name is Mimi. <laughs> Mimi, yes. Okay, well, yes. Mimi is going to tell everyone bye. Because, okay, well, bye from me and have a good day. But she's going to tell us bye in her four different languages. Because imagine us having a quadrilingual guest and not flexing that. <laughs> imagine us doing that. So, you know, take it away, baby. Okay, I'll just first say it in English and then translate it. Okay. I'll say only bye or say something a little bit more than bye or just okay. bye. Have a good day or anything more than that. You can add. Okay, hi guys. Bye. That's English. Uh, I loved doing this podcast with my friend. If you Yay. like it, show support. Yes. Share and listen to it. It helps us a lot. Thank you so much and see you later. Yes. In Arabic, it's pretty much simple to just say bye. It's just say salam or salam alaikum. Bye. Oh, that's how we just do it in Dubai. Salam, salam, salam. You know, salam. It's just norm. And uh, in Hausa, say anjima. Anjima? Yeah, say anjima. Anjima. Hausa is such a beautiful language. I can't even. <laughs> that's what everyone says. Because it is. Imagine, it you know, you're boring. so much more aggressive. Imagine I'm saying, oh, that, oh, that. It's not that. Girl, oh, don't kill me. It's not, it's not the same. The finesse is different. How do you say bye in Yoruba? Oh, that, bo. No, it's, oh. no. Oh, that, it oh, that, bo, actually. Yeah, the intonation is different. <laughs> oh, that, bo. Oh, that, bo. Is that all? Yeah, that's basically it. Oh, that, bo. Well, it still sounds bo. Does it? <laughs> and then if you want to say that you see the person like tomorrow you say odaro oh that's it odaro means see you later odaro is yeah. see you tomorrow yep oh nice and then the last one is portuguese guys we just four yeah a galera adore fazer podcast okay uh-huh. bye just means ciao ciao até mais ou até logo Oh, Thank you so much, Mimi. For You're welcome. I love this podcast. I'm so honored to be invited. I'm honored to, to have off you the on podcast. here. You guys, make sure to follow the Off the Road page on Instagram. On Instagram. And off you know, the show love, show support, share the pod to everyone. Let everybody be educated. Love and light. And love you guys. Bye. Bye. See ya.